Welcome to Growing Lensley. My name's Adam Streeter. I'm the General Manager of Lensley Gardens. Join me each episode as I talk with members of the team about everything from history of the gardens, restoration challenges, wine, wallabies and everything in between. Get a peek behind the scenes, hear stories from all those involved, both past and present, whilst we also talk about what the future holds for the estate. It's never a dull day when you're growing Lensley. Okay, so we're back with the uh, Growing Lenersley podcast. Um, I'm here with Jamie, head gardener, once again. And um, it's uh, just before Easter. We're in the, the main house. And um, yeah, I mean, it's been a while since we've done a podcast, but we wanted to, we've got some sort of exciting things going on. So we wanted to have a bit of a, a catch up and, and share some good news with people. How's things going with you, Jamie? Yeah, all good. Yeah, I mean, spring's been a little bit uh, dragging its heels and winter seems to... Uh go on longer than it should have done but yeah it feels like uh, we're getting into proper spring now yeah uh, there's a bit of sunshine out there isn't it it was yeah. a really miserable few months so yeah it's just nice to feel the sun on your skin and yeah see the garden come to life again really it was, uh, it was actually well actually my my personal um sort of favorite of what's what's happened in the last couple of weeks is that the deer didn't eat the daffodils this year <laughs> it's a miracle <laughs> <laughs> um we've had sort of some exciting um, bits and pieces going on recently but i think we're going to focus specifically um, on what happened last weekend um, at RHS Wisley. Um, so, Leonardsley, um, you know, obviously very famous and really world world renowned for for rhododendrons, um, at, at, along with many other things. But you know, actually, after many years, sort of um, stepping back onto the scene, if it were, if there was a scene for rhododendrons, and um, <laughs> there certainly is. <laughs> and and um, and you were there. So how how did it all go? Yeah, it was great actually. I mean, yeah, we entered the um, the 2023 RHS show uh, for well, it was actually for main camellias, early rhododendrons, and then other ornamental plants. But we just stuck to to rhododendrons this time, as you know, that is probably our feature plant here. And we were still sort of dipping our toes back in the water to start with, but um, and there was lots of excitement. I think there was sort of lots of excitement, wasn't there? Like people were happy. Yeah. To, like it's nice to see Leonard's Lee back, um, you know, getting involved in things like that because you know there really is that sort of um, that history. And that, and when you think of Leonard's Lee, you think of rhododendron. Yeah. So yeah, how how was it when you were there? Yeah, it's great. Everyone was just really excited to see us. I mean, I think um, certainly under Sir Giles Loder's um, era of looking after the garden, he used to enter all sorts of RHS shows and won medals and cups and all sorts. So um, it's probably the 1970s was the last time Lennersley oh, wow. entered it. So um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the other big gardens were there. So some of our local neighbours, High Beaches, for example, but also um, Exbury and uh, Great Windsor Park, Savile Garden, all those sort of gardens were were there so yeah people were just pleased to see Lennersley as sort of back on the scene as it were and um and it's, you know it's, it's a competition so I mean I'm, I'm gonna hold my hands up I don't know you know necessarily what goes into a rhododendron competition I think that's kind of the, the point I think of what we're gonna try and discuss um you know on, on these podcasts now is just try and you know, give a little bit more information to you know what happens how do you judge rhododendrons for example how does it what, what is the process um well we were kind of finding out for ourselves <laughs> i mean uh, some of the people there have been exhibiting for years and myself and two of my team it was our, our first time doing this so um we were kind of learning on the spot but um we were relatively successful for the first attempt again so we got three first prizes uh five second prizes three uh, no six third prizes and also um highly commended so um yeah it was it was a great start um it's essentially like if you go to your, your local fete and people put their vegetables in, it's like okay. a more professional version of that, basically. 
Um, but for example, uh, one of the first prizes we got was for Rhododendron Muriel, and that is class 35, any hybrid of which one parent is a species of subsect Falconero or Grandia, one truss only. So it gets into quite okay, sort quite of minutia min and stuff here. <laughs> but, but it was good. Um, we only decided the week before we were going to enter it, yeah. so it was quite, uh, quite a quick turnaround. Mm -hmm. But um, we, we cut all the material uh, two days before the show and sort of stored them in a, in a, in a cool, sort of damp, dark place. And is, is everything sort of, I mean, obviously things flower at different times, so how are you able to kind of control? control yeah, so this was the early rhododendron show, okay, so, so we couldn't enter, for example, our, our loaderize because they're okay. their main season. So we went around just seeing what was available, what was in flower, and the weeks building up to it, the weather was not great. It was mm. high winds and, high, and <laughs> heavy rains, and so there wasn't a vast amount to, to choose from, but we entered about 18 different plants in the end. Um, and so how many in total was it that we, that we were sort of successful with, um, with some sort of place? Uh, so about 14, 15 of those. Okay, so 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 we, yeah, we got something from most of our um, selections. Um, in future, we might look into entering for the, the camellias as well, for example, okay. because uh, one of the prizes for the camellia shows is actually called the Leonardsley Bowl. Wow, which wow. was um, the serendipity to, uh, <laughs> to get that back. But um, yeah, that was donated by um, Sir Giles Loder back, back during when he was at his height of exhibiting. So okay. it would be nice to. Uh, to, to get that back again but um you know maybe next year yeah definitely no i think i mean it's it's definitely there's been um you know a few people i've spoken to in the last week and it was just a it was nice to 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 have that kind of thing to talk about and to uh, for people to get excited about that and it just i think it just reignites a bit of interest in and you know actually that's kind of i think what we were going to talk about now is you know is that interest gets reignited in, in rhododendrons, but then there's you know question where did it all start? How did you know how did we get to where we are now? And there's there's so much there. So I think um, you know we've got a few topics that we're going to cover. Um, you know yeah. a bit of a mini series on rhododendrons. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we'll kind of we'll, we'll cover a few topics and hopefully inform everyone. And you know I'm I'm I say we. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the I'm the first one to hold my hands up and say, you know, that's it's definitely not my area of expertise. But I'm, you know, just it's. I, the more you find out, it's so it's so amazing when there's you know, such a vast history there. So, you know, teach me, Jamie, and, uh, and teach anyone that wants to, <laughs> wants to wants to listen. And um, yeah, hopefully, there's some interesting information there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people obviously know us for. Well, partly for rhododendrons, but um, they're more than yeah, just pretty flowers. So um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of history certainly involved, and um, yeah, and particularly history here at Lennersley as well. So um, yeah, it'd be good for people to know some of the backstory. Okay, well uh, let's uh, let's crack on and hope everyone enjoys. Okay, so first subject we're going to cover is uh, it's about the history of rhododendrons at Lennersley. Um, so I mean, we are almost known, I guess, as you know the, the the place where rhododendrons were made famous. Is that would that be right? I mean, is that where, or is it more around the the different um, hybrids that were created here? What what makes Leonardsley so synonymous with rhododendrons? I mean, it's all to do essentially with um, the work that Sir Edmund Loder did. So he created the the Loderi hybrids, which okay. in gardening circles are known to be arguably the most important collection of rhododendron hybrids possibly ever created. So um, that's our our main reason and why and, and why though i mean i wonder was there you know what what makes it sort of something that was um you know so important how did he manage to create something that's now so um sort of renowned i mean i guess it's a, 
a case of sort of right plant, right place, really, because you know, Lennersley and St. Leonard's Forest generally is, is the perfect place to, to grow rhododendrons. I mean, we're on a, an ericaceous loam on a sandstone bedrock. Ericaceous essentially means acidic, yeah. so that's perfect for camellias, rhododendrons, magnolias, conifers, that sort of thing. Um, and Lenazy in particular, we've got this sort of bowl shape to the mm -hmm. garden. Okay. Uh, it's like a sheltered valley. So again, perfect for, for rhododendrons. And Okay, so I mean, ba basically, I mean, the, the actual landscape itself, to the fact that we're in a, like I say, a, a bowl shaped, it's you know, a bit of a valley. So that also adds to, you know, that perfect storm to create what we've got. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a sheltered environment. It's, um, some rhododendrons don't like to be you know, exposed to, to high winds and... Some of them like shade, some of them can tolerate some, some sun. So yeah, it's perfect really. It's got the right soil, it's got the right aspect. Um, and aesthetically, it, it fits a woodland garden. Mm. So Lenersley has always been called one of the finest woodland gardens yeah. in the country. And a woodland garden, it's got informal design, but it's not just like walking in the woods. It also uses exotic plants throughout that informal design as well as grand views and vistas and water features and carpets of bulbs sort of thing. But those exotic plants, for example, rhododendrons, studied throughout uh, an informal design is what makes a, a woodland garden a woodland garden. Okay, and, and were, were rhododendrons here sort of, have they always been here? When did, the, how did they, they first get here? What was the no, they've been here for quite a while, but I mean, originally St. Leonard's Forest, which is what um, Lennersley is part of, back in the uh, sort of 1500s, it was used for the timber industry, really, and iron ore industry. Yeah. So here, for example, all the sides of the valley, all the, the trees were felled for timber. Um, a lot of iron ore excavated from the bottom, which is what created a lot of the lakes. So um, it would have been a really dramatically different landscape. Uh, yeah, you know, unrecognisable, I would have thought. And is that what, then. a couple of hundred years ago, two, three hundred? Yeah, well, that's, say, so started around 1500s. And then as the timber industry started to uh, to drop off, I suppose, uh, from a, a profit perspective, um, St. Leonard's Forest actually became a, a giant uh, rabbit warren. So apparently okay. there were... 12,000 rabbits. Really? Yeah, I mean, it we've feels, got, still got a few left. Though, it feels we? like <laughs> a fair few of those are still here nibbling our bulbs. But, yeah. um, but eventually it passes into the hands or becomes under the ownership of the royal family and they use it as a hunting ground. Uh, various kings and queens that gets passed down to. And eventually uh, Charles II uh, gifts it to Sir Edward Greaves, who was his physician. We're up into the sort of late 1600s now. And now it's in private hands. It gradually goes through various families until sort of, yeah, the loaders eventually get hold of it, and that's when the real rhododendron work starts. But prior to that, there are some of the uh, other owners also did a lot of important work in the garden as well. Yeah, I, want, I wonder if, um, if, if they knew, you know, when sort of when they, they, the loader family came here, you know, obviously they, they their interests lie in, in, in plant hunting and, and wanting to, to, to bring them from abroad. And you know, did, do you think they knew what they were coming into? What the, what the the, the land, what the, the soil was like, and that they were coming to this perfect place. To yeah, I would have think I would have thought so. I mean, they're they're a local family certainly, and I mean, two owners before that, the, the Beauclerk family did a, a lot of work. So um, they started planting rhododendrons. In fact, the oldest rhododendron in the garden is um, over in the Dell, which um, that was called the American Garden back yeah. then, and that was created by the Beauclerks. And there's a, a rhododendron there, Cornish Arborium. It's it's you know well over 200 years old. So we think wow. that was. It was certainly the oldest one still standing. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's when Sir Edmund moves in himself. I mean, his, his family, they're, they're a local family. His father, Sir Robert, already owned High Beaches at that time. 
uh, Sir Edmund buys Lennersley in 1889, and then not long after that, his brother buys Wakehurst. So, um, mm. yeah, I think they were well versed in in what they were. Yeah, and so I mean, uh, most people that would have come to to Lennersley probably know of High Beaches and yeah. and of Wakehurst. And so, are they similar in terms of their their, their makeup? Are they, or, or you know, is there is there differences still that make um, you know what we've got here even more? Special, or is I mean, certainly the soil is going to be similar because yeah. um, there's as particularly high beaches is very local, but um, there are seams of different pockets of soil running all through this part of the country. But um, yeah, Lennersley, particular with uh, not only the soil but also the aspect, um, makes it sort of doubly perfect. But um, the sales, particulars when um, uh, William Hubbard uh, sold the property, um for example, already said that the garden was already full of ericaceous shrubs. So right. you would imagine that would include rhododendrons, and, and that's back in the sort of 1800s. So right. the work had already been started before even Sir Edmund started his work, really. And, and do we know sort of, you know, kind of where normally in the world would you would you find rhododendrons? Where, where are they kind of native to? Is it sort of, is it, or is it not? Is it kind of something that you would tend to find all across the world? Or I mean, most continents have some rhododendrons in them but yeah m the, the key ones really came come from china and the himalayas yeah. so it's when the plant hunters of uh, the early 1900s started going out and uh, collecting this plant material and finding rhododendrons halfway up a mountain so they were going to be hardy enough to bring back to the uk for example and that's when yeah the, the the sort of introductions into into the gardens really took off when the plant hunters brought back all that new material any um, any plans to go climbing any mountains and find uh, find some long long lost rhododendron I mean, that hasn't been discovered yet and bring it back to Lennersley? <laughs> I quite like the the sound of the the rhododendron street awry. Something you know I don't know something you, you along never those, know. Those, <laughs> those lines. Um, I mean, there's um, arguably there's still undiscovered yeah, plants out there, but I mean, it wasn't almost the discovering of new plants isn't necessarily the key part of the Lenasy no. story is the hybridization yeah. and the breeding of rhododendrons here so I mean that the, the parents of the two plants uh, that um, were used to create the the Loderai hybrids they were into they were discovered only in sort of the mid 1800s so um, Fortunii in 1855 and Griffithianum in 1850 and then Sir Edmund starts his breeding process around 1901 so they're only recently introduced into the country and and you know Within six years, his, his first cross had flowered and he was away and 35 hybrids later, he's you know, produced, uh, as I say, arguably the most important hybrid collection ever. And that actually someone mentioned to me the other day. So is, is it true that there was some, some that he created, some hybrids that he created that he actually never even saw flower? Yeah, I mean, some of them flowered up because he, he passed away, unfortunately, in 1920. And yeah, there were some didn't flower because it takes, you know, six seven years from wow. from cross to flower some were still in in the process and even after his death the rest of the loader family so his wife uh, lady loader and then his grandson they continued um the, the hybridization and there were for example lennersley primrose that was done after sir edmund's time um it's an ongoing process throughout the, the whole family's history really most no, incredible so we've got a, a lot to thank them for and i mean and just how how many are there any sort of specific hybrids that you know is there a number that we could say of, of how many are um sort of unique to leonardsley and, and and how many were created by the loader family is there a sort of yeah, so the Loderite hybrids themselves, there's about 35 that, okay. were, that were created, which um, we have most of here still in the garden. But we've just uh, been granted a national collection status, for example, for our 
Loderai and Leonardsley related hybrids. Okay. And uh, we've put 42 into that to start with. And we've already discovered some more since then, which we think we can add to the collection. So, yeah, it's... And, what, and just for, for those that, you know, so national collection, what, what, what does that mean exactly? So um, well, it's sort of managed by um, Plant Heritage and it encourages uh, important collections of plants to be preserved yeah. and uh, for future generations. So, for example, there was, I think there's about 17 that can only be found here at Lennersley within that collection. And some of those 17 we only have one plant of. So... Um, that's that's, how that's rare pretty they are. scary. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when you put it like that, that's you know, you think of things from a heritage point of view with yeah. buildings and, and and things across mm. the world, and think that there's a uniqueness and there's these one-offs, but actually, you know, plants, these living, breathing yeah. things that are really, you know, they, they are surely more susceptible to things going wrong and, and not quite making it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, you know, so um, so anything that we can do to try and help preserve that is really. Yeah, and, and that's why the garden is grade one listed yeah. because of, of the importance of that collection, really. Yeah. Okay, Jamie. Well, I think that's um, that's a brilliant start. That starts to give people a little bit of information about the history of rhododendrons. Um, we've got a few ideas. What What do you reckon? What would you cover next? Well, perhaps bringing it right forward to the present day and uh, what we're doing at the moment to a look after the collection and what the, perhaps the future holds for um, rhododendrons here at Lennersley. Okay. Well, interesting stuff. Well, let's uh, let's see what's up next then.